I want to ask uh, for your patience tonight uh, because it is Christmas Eve. Uh, we will have uh, an abundance of children in here with us, praise the Lord. Uh, and so there are times whenever it may get loud, and that's okay. I'll get louder. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open up to the book of Luke, chapter 1. We're going to read verses 26 through 38. Luke, chapter 1. Verses 26 through 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. Behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age whom she was called barren and is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the example of a young woman full of faith. Lord, may we emulate this childlike faith here tonight. We thank you and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I pray that as you leave tonight, that you will leave not only full of the Christmas spirit, not only full of joy, but you will leave uh, with the faith of Mary. Uh, it is going to be my, uh, my goal today to preach without catching myself on fire. Uh, I know that this is here uh, and but because I preach with my hands, I'm going to stick my hand in the flame. Let's just hope it doesn't catch my suit on fire. Uh, this morning, or this evening rather, uh, I want to look at the faith of Mary. Now, many of us have heard, uh, and there is nothing outside of, there's nothing inside of Scripture, nothing outside of Scripture that disputes the fact that Mary was probably a young woman about 13 to 15 in age. I have a daughter who's 12. To think that she could be pregnant terrifies me. To think that she could be pregnant with a child of the Holy Spirit, it, it, it's you know, that, 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 that someone at the age of 13, 14, or 15 can be used in that capacity by the Lord is something that, that as a dad, I can't wrap my brain around. But there is a reality that there was a young woman in Nazareth, who had a mother and a father and siblings 
And she was betrothed, she was engaged to a man named Joseph. Now the way this would work in the ancient world would be that the husband would make an arrangement with the father of the child. And he would arrange to marry her. He would, they would arrange on a dowry. They would decide on what it would cost to purchase his daughter's hand in marriage. And once that price was, was agreed upon, then the husband would begin to prepare that price. Oftentimes it was a great price because the husband, uh, I'm sorry, the father would be losing uh, a very valuable asset in the home, someone to work, someone to work the field, someone to work in the home, someone to prepare uh, the food and, and clean the house and take care. It was a very valuable asset in the ancient world. And the father was going to be losing that And so the husband would have to prepare a dowry or something of great value. And it would often take many months, sometimes up to a year. And so this betrothal process was indeed a legal binding agreement. And so while the young lady was betrothed, she was considered married. And for her to stray in her fidelity from her husband during the betrothal process was considered adultery so we often think of the shame and the disgrace of mary as she becomes pregnant before she is indeed married to her wife but i want us to remember the legal ramifications according to the levitical law the legal ramifications and the legal consequence for adultery was death that's why the book of matthew speaks about joseph's character it says joseph being a righteous man did not want to put Mary to shame. He did not want to disgrace her. And that is not simply a statement about Joseph not wanting her to have the, the, the reputation of, of, of being someone of ill repute or being someone who is promiscuous, but Joseph wanting to spare her life sought to send her away or divorce her secretly. And I, want, I believe that the Faith of Mary is highlighted in this passage. But I want to point out to you, as the angel appears to Mary, a young 14, 13, 14-year-old child, he says, Hail, highly favored one. Now, I want to point out to you that Mary is spoken of here in Scripture that the favor of God rests upon her. But the Scripture tells us that there's nothing in and of Mary Uh, in her actions, in her behavior, in her character, not that she wasn't a woman of great virtue, a woman of great righteousness, a woman of great holiness, but the scripture says that God favored Mary. And it is the pleasure of God that causes his favor to rest upon her. And his favor rests upon her. And I want us to see the faith of young Mary here. Oftentimes we we are taught that we just have to have faith, we have to believe, that we have to have faith like a child jesus in fact said this and the children were coming to him jesus said suffer the little children to come unto me for such is the kingdom of heaven and we are told uh we we see elsewhere in scripture that jesus said unless you receive me as these little children you will not be able to to receive the kingdom of god and so this idea of a childlike faith is is very much uh exalted in christianity and in the in the scriptures but i want us to understand that a childlike faith is not a blind faith not an ignorant faith it's not a blind faith in fact we can see the passage here in luke chapter one that whenever the angel showed up to mary mary had all kind of questions 
The, the, the scripture tells us that as soon as the angel showed up, she was greatly troubled in her spirit. She said, what kind of salutation is this? Why is this angel showing up to me? First of all, why is this angel showing up to me? Second of all, why is he showing up to me and telling me I am favored by God? This is, this is strange. She was very, the scripture tells us very troubled in her spirit. There was something unsettling about this. And then the angel begins to explain to her what's going to happen. And Mary responds, oh, okay. No. That's not what she says. As the, as the angel proceeds to tell Mary, oh, by the way, you're going to have a son and he's going to be called Jesus and he's going to rule over the throne of, he's going to rule over the house of David and of his throne and of his dominion, there will be no end. Mary says, how can this be? I don't understand. How can this be? And if you have children, you understand childlike faith because childlike faith is not a faith that is absent from questions. I have three children, and my youngest is the most like me. When I was younger, it didn't matter what my dad was doing. If he was outside working on the car, if he was building a fence, if he was repairing the, 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 the water hose, if he, was, if he was cleaning a deer, it didn't matter. I was out there up under his nose. It didn't matter what he was doing, and I was asking 10,000 questions. Dad, why are you doing that? What's this for? How's this? Do you really have to do this? It didn't matter what it was. I was asking a million questions and I wanted to know. And eventually he would get mad at me. He would throw something at me. He would yell at me and say, just get out of my way. You're, you're, you're in the way. And, and I would, you know, I would just get a little bit further away. So I was without, so I was outside of arm's reach and I'd begin asking more questions. Well, my youngest is just like that. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, whether I'm in the garden whether I'm outside working on the car, whether I'm, I'm working on a project that my wife has assigned to me, it doesn't matter. I am doing something, and he is out there, and he wants to know what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, how I'm doing it, and if he can help. Well, when we look at childlike faith, I think we mistake questions and doubts and uncertainty for lack of faith. Mary didn't understand a 14 year old girl an angel has just appeared to her and says you're going to have a baby now this was the ancient world she knew she knew about the birds and the bees she knew how things work she probably had a they probably had animals this was not an ignorant young woman and so she understands i've not been with a man how can i have a baby she has genuine questions and i want to remind us the lord is not afraid of your questions. God is not, He's not scared for us in genuine ignorance to ask Him. In fact, the scripture tells us in Isaiah chapter 118, He says, Come, let us reason together. Though your sin be as scarlet, I will make it as white as snow. We see in Scripture in the book of James, it says, Let any of you who lacks wisdom ask of God who gives freely thereof. We read in Jeremiah chapter 33, 3, he says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things which you know not. God is not afraid of our questions. And so oftentimes, those of us who have questions, those of us who, who want God to, to give us answers, want God to reveal His truth to our heart, are, are, are labeled as doubters. We are labeled as those without faith. But I want us to see Mary, the mother of our Lord, Mary, the mother of Jesus, had questions. She said, God, how? 
I, I don't understand. How can this be? And so the angel tried to, to, to open her eyes, tried to reveal truth to her. He said, you are going to be with child and the child is going to be conceived of the Holy Spirit. Now that probably didn't answer much. Said, oh, well, don't worry. It's okay. It's going to be the Holy Spirit that's within you. But then I want to know, I want us to notice Mary's response. Look here in Luke chapter 20, um, Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Mary said, Behold, bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. The angel departed from her. Some of your versions may read, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. I am your servant. Mary responds much in the same way that Abraham responded. If you remember in the book of Genesis chapter 11, I'm sorry, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, God appears to Abram. And he says, Abram, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to call you out from your people. I I want you to take your family, your land, to, to take everything you own and go to a place I'll tell you. And Abram said, okay. There were many unanswered questions. Where was he going? How was he going to survive? What was going to be his providence? What was going to be his provision? How how was this going to work out? Where was he going to go? How was he going to be uh, the father of a great nation? He he didn't even have any children. How was this going to be? His wife was barren. How was this going to happen? But the scripture tells us in the book of Romans chapter 4 verse 3 that Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him righteousness. Mary didn't understand. At 14 years old, she didn't understand. She asked. She had questions. And she didn't understand. And I want to point out to you, church, that even in verse 38, I don't believe that Mary had really reconciled in her heart and in her mind what was going on. I don't believe it was until she visited her cousin Elizabeth that her faith was fully affirmed. She visits her cousin Elizabeth, the child that is inside Elizabeth, John the Baptist. The Holy Spirit is within John the Baptist even before he is born. John the Baptist begins to leap in his mother's womb as as Mary walks in with the Lord Jesus in her womb and there's an affirmation in the spirit of Mary because Elizabeth begins to tell her, you're with child. And she said, how do you, how in the world do you know I'm with child? And it was the Holy Spirit revealed it to her and there was this affirmation, there was this confirmation from the Holy Spirit in Elizabeth to the Holy Spirit in Mary and, and it was this faith of Mary it was a process. It began long before the angel Gabriel ever appeared to Mary. The angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, spoke to her, gave her truth. She pondered it. She wrestled with it. She she, she said, okay, I am your servant. I don't understand. I've got all these questions, but but be done to me as, as your word says. I don't understand it. I'm going to pray. I'm going to wrestle with this. She visits her cousin Elizabeth. The Holy Spirit continues to work in her heart. And I want us to see in this passage that faith 
is often a process that God works in your hearts and in your lives. I also want to point out to you that the faith of Mary does not preclude her from suffering. Does not preclude her from hardships, from difficulty, from trial. I believe that one of the lies that Satan has told the people of God, and sadly, by the church, has been that if you just have enough faith, if you just have enough faith, God can heal. If you just have enough faith, that God can deliver, that God can do this, if you just have enough faith. But I want to I want to dispel that rumor, church. God can heal. God can deliver regardless of our faith. Because He is the great healer. He is the great deliverer. He is the great redeemer. As Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were staring at the fiery furnace, they said, King Nebuchadnezzar, we will not bow down to your graven image. The God whom we serve is able to deliver us, but even if He does not, we will not bow down to your golden image. They understood that God is able to deliver them, but it had nothing to do with their faith. It had everything to do with the providence and the purpose and the will of their God. Mary. Mary is a woman of great faith. Mary is a woman who was highly favored by God, who even before she understood what it meant, she said, God, I am willing to do whatever you need me to do. I am your servant. Very, very similar to Jesus' statement. Father, not my will, but your will be done. Yet Mary's faith did not preclude her from suffering. The scripture tells us in the book of John that Mary is sitting at the feet of her son as he is hanging on a cruel, rugged Roman cross as his red, rich, royal blood is spilled out for the sin of his people. I cannot even imagine the suffering and the hardship and the turmoil of a mother watching her son die by crucifixion. The faith of Mary does not preclude her from suffering, but what it does is it gives her peace in the midst of suffering. Paul said, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Make your request known to God in the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So this is what I would like for you to leave here tonight with, church. As a young child, Mary had all kinds of questions. A childlike faith, the faith that we are, that we're encouraged by Scripture to have, is a faith that has questions. Those questions, those questions are to be a question of of genuine ignorance and an open heart and an open mind. Come to me, call to me, and I'll answer you and tell you great and mighty things which you know not. Faith sometimes is a process. Sometimes it takes weeks, months, even years for God to fully bring to fruition the fruit of faith. And faith
brings forth the fruit of peace and joy, even in the midst of hardships, trial, and tribulation. May we leave here tonight with the faith of a child. Would you join me as we pray? God, I thank you for this beautiful example of a godly young woman who loved the Lord, who said, God, I don't know what it means. I still have lots of unanswered questions. But I am your servant. I want to surrender my life to you. As we go into this time of invitation, I want to ask you to ponder your faith. Do you have the faith of a child? Have you placed your faith in Jesus? If you haven't, what better night than Christmas Eve to give your life to Jesus? Maybe this evening, God is speaking to you, reminding you his desire to work in your life. As we sing the song of invitation, as we sing this hymn, may you hear the words of the Holy Spirit as they touch your heart.